Sean Payton said that the Denver Broncos starters will play in Friday's preseason game. How many snaps or how long will they play is the question. You'll get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and more every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger. He's my co-host. He's also the site expert over there at PredominantlyOrange.com. We have some clarity this week here, Sarah, coming into the Broncos' first preseason game about how much the starters will play. We know that the starters are going to play. Sean Payton has said that from the onset since he came in as the head coach. But the bigger question is, is it going to be a quarter? Is it going to be a half? Well, that's not really as definitive either, according to Sean Payton. We know exactly where he stands on how many snaps he would like to see these players play beginning on Friday. Right, and it sounds like it's going to be about 15 to 18 snaps, roughly. So I guess you could figure, I mean, if the Broncos are scoring every three or four plays, Cody, that's probably, you know, like four or five drives there for the offense. But no, all kidding aside, excited to see these guys play. And really, I, I guess I don't know exactly where I fall on the line. Last year, I was very much in agreement with Nathaniel Hackett about preserving players. But of course, the context with the Denver Broncos is injuries have ravaged this team so any way to get to the regular season healthy like i'm i'm all for that so i was very much in favor of hackett's philosophy of not playing these guys in the preseason but i think we did see over the course of a season just some kind of different ways that you can you can see benefit in just these guys going out there getting reps getting into the flow and really taking part in a game kind of scenario out there so sean payton obviously let everybody know how many snaps we can expect the starters to play. It's not going to be a ton, but you can assume a couple of drives there for sure. Probably a quarter, quarter and a half, something like that is what it sounds like. Uh, really what struck me is more so when you asked him the question of what you know he's looking for, maybe what he's not looking for necessarily. I think more specifically to your question, you, you know, you want to see, hopefully you want to see guys that are, that are playing full speed and they know what to do and, and, you know, you're able to evaluate them versus a different scheme. You know, we've been seeing the same offense or defense. So now we see a different opponent. Um, hopefully mental errors are reduced and, you know, it's a game always with mistakes. So I keep talking to them about getting on to the next play and that's important. Probably just as easy to answer the question is what I don't want to see. I don't want to see 10 guys in the field. I don't want to see uniforms off after we're done playing, sunglasses on, Gilligan's hats on, interviews during the game. Um, that's what I don't want to see. Um, but we'll communicate all of that. Obviously, some great attention to detail there. And I felt like listening to, to him talk about that brought me back to last year with Hackett. I, I will tell you this, training camp has been entirely different. It has been much more physical under Sean Payton. But yeah, I mean, this is the first time that they're going into a game routine together with Sean Payton, his first game as Broncos head coach in a preseason format here 
which now kind of opens things up to our next point here, Sarah, that I really want to ask you and ask members of Broncos country that are either listening wherever they get their podcasts or where if they're watching on YouTube, what type of value should fans take into consideration as pertains to starters playing in the preseason? I think this is a good question because I, you know, I think fans want their team to win no matter what, but I, I want to be on the record here saying if the Broncos win or if they lose in the preseason, it doesn't matter at all. There's nothing we're going to take away from a win in terms of like, oh, yes, okay, hey, Super Bowl season this year. If they lose, oh, my gosh, they're not going to make the playoffs. None of that stuff can even be formulated or even thought of in that kind of situation here. The preseason is too small. Must I remind you, the Broncos last year went 2-1 and one in the preseason. Did it do anything for them in the regular season? No, not at all, really. But here's where the value is in preseason play. And also, I think with your starters playing here, you mentioned 15 to 18 snaps. Sarah, what if the Broncos offense goes down and has like a 12-play drive? Well, guess what? And they end, it ends in a touchdown. Sean Payton may be like, all right, hey, 12-play drive, very efficient. We scored. All right, you guys are done. We're good. Let's put the second team muted in there. 15 to 18 snaps, I feel like, is the perfect threshold in a sense for your starters playing because – Think about the average NFL game. There's on average between 84 to maybe 100 plus snaps in a game. You get 15 to 18. That's that's decent enough. And that's just for your offense. Then you have your defense that's going to get 15 to 18 snaps, maybe minus one guy that we'll talk about a little bit later. But in your opinion, what is something you, Sarah, would like to see from the Broncos and the starters here in particular to open up Friday's preseason action? You really want to see the starters go out there and execute at a high level, especially the simple things. I know I said that on a previous episode, just talking about wanting to see these guys go out there and do the simple things well, which, you know, I mean, that really boils down to we're going to be monitoring things like getting the snap off in time. We're going to be monitoring pre-snap penalties. We're going to be monitoring dropped passes or easy, you know, easy completions that should be getting made moving the chains on third down, converting in the reds. I mean, you may not see every single one of those things, right? But at the same time, just like you said, Cody, let's say the Broncos starters go out there and the offense scores twice. They they get a seven-play drive for a touchdown and an eight-play drive for a touchdown, and the defense shuts out the, the Cardinals twice. And your first team offense and defense combine to go 14 to nothing in the first quarter or something like that. And then the Broncos end up losing the game 38 to 14. Like, is that a bad preseason game or is it a good preseason game? Because you obviously saw some really great things from the guys that are actually going to play. So that's just to your point. But I, I think just efficiency, really putting together something impressive, even if the first drive or two it ends in just scores. Remember, that's that was something we were watching last year is just can can this unit score even the starters that are out there? Can they show that they're better than the depth on other teams? You want to see the Broncos starters, especially against a team like Arizona. They should be able to go out there and kind of have their way, right? So uh, that's what I'm looking for is is not just, I mean, they don't have to necessarily go out there and dominate. It doesn't have to be a, just a juggernaut type of performance. But I think you want to see them go out there and kind of impose their will a little bit. Just show, hey, everything is going to be simplified in the preseason. We're going to do the simple stuff way, way better than you. Well, and I think that the other thing is, too, is we do not know yet what the outlook is going to be. Are the Cardinals defensive starters going to play on Friday? Because then if the Broncos offense and the starters are out there and they move the ball against, let's say, if the starters for the Cardinals are not out there, a lot of people say, well, it was against the Cardinals, too. None of that stuff matters. And to your point, what does matter is 
Does the offense, do they do the things that Sean Payton wants them to do, right? Like getting the playoff in time. So there's no countdowns going on at practice on Monday. They had the 42nd play clock winding down after every play, just so they could have that sense of urgency, a real game like situation here. You know, are you breaking the huddle? Are you getting, are you lining up correctly? Are you doing the right things? These are, that's what Sean Payton wants to see. For me, that's what I want to see. I want to see them do that, but I also want to see a consistency with that. You know, I want, if you, if the first down play that you have of the game, you get a seven yard catch by Cortland Sutton. The next play, you don't want to see that you go backwards due to a penalty or due to a, a missed blocking assignment that leads to a tackle for a loss behind the line of scrimmage. Like these are the little things that maybe at the end of the day, like if, if somebody just looks at a box score, like they're not going to understand it too much. But from an overall evaluation standpoint, this will tell you and it'll give Sean Payton and the coaches a better idea as to what to expect coming forth this season. And I think this is where you get a lot of these mistakes out of the way early on. You don't want to look too great in preseason. Now, if that's the case, fantastic. I mean, Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills did that, but then they had some struggles in the regular season. So it's just about the ebb and flow and how this game changes all the time. But one thing we are going to talk about in terms of what's changed over time, the Broncos offense, the last three days of training camp have put together efficient performances. Russell Wilson was hot once again on Monday. What did he do and where was the Broncos offense efficient? You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We're going to go with New York Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson, who's had a really impressive season last year as a rookie. Now he's got Aaron Rodgers in the mix, but how is the Hackett benefit going to work out? Well, here's what Vinny Iyer has to say about Garrett Wilson and why you should draft him to your team. If you're looking for a second-year fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with new starting quarterback, Garrett Wilson is a guaranteed fit with Aaron Rodgers, ready to build on his rookie promise with the Jets. Watch for Wilson to make big plays all over the field with his speed, his quickness, and his route running. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. They have air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just one click away. For all the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It was another sharp day for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos offense at practice on Monday after having the day off on Sunday. Stringing some 
days together there at practice, stacking them up the offenses these last handful of days. And we're going to discuss Russell Wilson's performance. We're going to discuss everything that went down with the offense, some more situational football practice out there at a closed practice to the, to the public, but the media and Cody obviously able to be out there to watch and observe. We're going to talk about everything offense and what all went down. But before we do got to say a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes locked on Broncos, your first listen of the day every single day wherever and however you listen to podcasts or if you watch us on youtube and we can't thank you enough for just making us part of your day however you choose to do so especially you everydayers out there and for those of you that engage in the comments or you you shout out cody and i on twitter and we appreciate you so much and we got to give a special shout out today to the man cody as we're recording this this is cody's six-year anniversary at locked on as the host of locked on broncos so Mile high salute, Cody, to you for six years doing this show, just absolutely killing the game. And and thank you to all that you do to bring great coverage to Broncos country. And and hey, look, we're we're expecting you to do that right now, right? Tell us about Russell Wilson and the offense out there at practice and how man, he's stacking up some days right now. Very, very exciting for Broncos fans to hear. It's been great to see the last three practices where the offense is gathering more confidence, I would say, because look, going through an offensive install, it's tough because you're focusing on concepts. And out of these concepts, right? Think of it as a tree there. You have the foundation. Your offense is this tree, but you have so many different branches on this tree that you have to grow out and there's leaves sprouting from it. That is the offense in general. They're trying to find a way to get the most necessary components that they believe is going to make them successful in the regular season and to carry that over gradually not all at once but gradually and then adding even more to the plate once the season comes around it's building off of that and I would say these last three practices Russell Wilson has done it he has been locked in so to speak here if I'm going to use a little bit of a locked on pun to be intended the the Broncos situational emphasis for Monday's practice that was open to the media was third down and it was also red zone here once again and Russell Wilson in the third down period. Here's what the Broncos did. This was with the first, the second, and the third team offensive units against the first, second, and third team defensive units. They had situated different scenarios, right? Third and 11, third and eight, third and seven, third and six, third and three, right? So third and short, third medium, third and long. And they put the offenses in these tests. And then not only is it a test for the offense, but it's a test for the defense because, hey, it's third down. Sarah, you know what the number one key for a defense is? Get off the field. For the offense, you know what it is? Move the chains. Keep the drive alive. So it is a challenge. It's a competitive period here. But Russell Wilson was perfect. He didn't miss a single pass. Now, the first play that he had overall in this third period, pressure was coming up the field here for Russ. Obviously, the pass rush led by Randy Gregory, Jonathan Cooper, Nick Bonito. These guys were all over. Once again, Zach Allen creating some interior penetration. Russ, his mobility has been on display all throughout training camp. He stepped up in the pocket, evaded pressure, ran for a first down on third and eight. You love to see that. That's a dynamic that I think can help the Broncos this year. Then you had another play. It was a third and 11 in practice. Taylor Grimes, the undrafted rookie free agent wide receiver, got some reps on the offense and hauled in a a catch and run of about 13, 14 yards to move the chains. Other players who connected during this period one was obviously to Jerry Judy, who caught a pass and, and moved. Brandon Johnson caught a pass in his period as well, continuing to excel in the role that he's been working in since OTAs and minicamp, and he just continues to impress here. So Russell Wilson, from a passing standpoint, was perfect on the day in, th- in third down period. Denver had four attempts offensively to move the chains on third down. 
They did it three out of four times. So efficiency, the one they had one pass. I was maybe one yard short in this situation here. And you're going to live with that. I mean, you can make the debate. Did he catch it? Did he get the first down? Because you're running up. It's high thud. It's, it's not taking guys to the ground. It's about where you spot the ball there, but overall an efficient period there for the second team offense though, Sarah was not as pretty for them as Jonathan Cooper came around the edge and would have sacked the Jarrett Stidham in a game. The defense flushed them a little bit. And so they didn't have their sharpest day, the second team offensive unit, but this leads us to our next point here. Red zone, which is, you know, the first theme when the Denver first did this during training camp, they struggled against the defense. They were essentially perfect in this. They had two red zone periods, Sarah, one from the 25 yard line moving in and then one from the 10 yard line moving in on that first period. Russell Wilson, he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly, getting the snap, telegraphing passes, connecting with Cortland Sutton, connecting with Jerry Judy, connecting with Brandon Johnson. He connected with Jerry Judy on one play where he caught it and ran in for a touchdown from about I would say they're at maybe like the 13 yard line. Judy caught around maybe the five or six and, and ran into the end zone there. Russ is sharp. Like he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly here. He's building off of it. Then from the red zone, 10 and in period they they scored on their first play of the game. And Sean Payton even alluded to it in his press conference where they hit fullback Michael Burton on a play and he ran in for a touchdown. So a very efficient day for Russell Wilson and the Broncos first team offense these are things you want to see is them continuing to build and to get better and to get more confident. And it's certainly not to say we should be worried about the defense, right? Just like we said early on in camp, the defense is out there winning days. Like, don't be worried about the offense. The defense is going to have its time. The offense building some chemistry there. You love to hear these kind of things. I, I mean, for me, Cody, Look, I'll live with some some rough days on defense if it means the offense is improving in Denver. I think we know the defense is going to be strong enough to get this team to, to winning games this season. It's going to be up to the offense to now rise above. You know, you, you've got to be able to beat an offense as good as your or a defense, excuse me, as good as your own. If you're going to go out there and beat teams like Kansas City or, or Los Angeles or even Vegas in week one. Right. So. The offense stacking days together, specifically Russell Wilson. We talked about this going into training camp, how crucial it was going to be for him to not just not just be almost good out there, not just say, hey, that was a great throw by Russ, but it was broken up by PS2. He had to go out there and he had to actually start making some plays. And I did look this up. I mentioned this in a previous episode, Cody. He is the third all-time leading rusher among quarterbacks in NFL history behind Michael Vick and Cam Newton. So we know... Russ has way better legs than I think even he's given credit for it, especially after last year, right? When he wasn't running as much, that's a huge element to his game that can change things for the Denver Broncos. We want to see Russ out there being Russ. Uh, I mean, say let Russ cook if you want to let's ride Russ, whatever version of Russ you want to talk about. We need to see him being himself. And so being out there, executing on third down, executing in the red zone. Remember a couple of days ago, we were talking about end of game drill as well, where he's, he has to go out there. Hey, you got to get us a touchdown. You got to get us in field goal range. There's been very few quarterbacks over the last 10, 12 years, better than Russell Wilson at winning games. And on the last drive or the, you know, the last possession for his team, he is clutch. He has proven this over time. I'm I'm very, very encouraged by what we've been hearing at practice. So that's going to be a big context, I think, going into this first preseason game is that he's been really stacking some days and you love to see it or hear about it. 
And I think we also have to talk about this as well, because this gets lost when you hear reports coming out of training camp. The defense sees the same offensive formations. They see the same scheme every single day. So as a defense, you're picking up on it. As an offense, you're trying to read the coverages and the disguise looks that the defense is trying to throw at you. Like you're seeing the same thing every single day. And it's not necessarily what you would do to game plan against. As Sean Payton has said, we we would be game planning differently if we're playing an opponent. And obviously right now in the preseason, the Broncos aren't necessarily game planning much for Arizona, more so than they're going out there and they're working on their own concepts. And I think that has to be touched on here because when we see overreaction about a a, a specific unit struggling in the preseason or in training camp, it's you're still trying to work on you. You're still trying to work on the foundational pieces of what you're going to run. And that at the end of the day is probably the most important thing here. So Broncos country, let us know how you feel about the recent reports coming out. Obviously, the offense has turned in some good performances back to back to back. Tuesday's practice will be back open in front of fans where you can attend as one. If you see me, come say hi there. But one Broncos starter got pegged with a little bit of an injury here. What is the latest on him? And is it something to be concerned about? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast hosted by a variety of local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network on the biggest stories around training camp. It is preseason week one officially here around the National Football League. What are some of the biggest storylines heading into some of the games? As we know it right now, the Broncos and the Carolina Panthers are the only two teams who have announced that their starters will play in the preseason. How does that impact the optics going forth into the preseason? Check out Locked On NFL for free wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Denver Broncos safety Justin Simmons dealing with a little bit of a groin injury, according to Sean Payton. Is there any concern about that? And what is the team's approach with him? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. You can get us wherever you get your podcast for free, or you can watch us every single day on YouTube, on your smartphone, your TV, or even your computer. We appreciate you so much taking time out of your day to listen, to interact with us, breaking down all things orange and blue here. Terrell, let's get into some Broncos news and notes following Monday's practice at the Centura Health Training Center. Obviously, Justin Simmons was off to the side today. He had his jersey on and kind of took on a little bit of a coaching role during Monday's practice as he's dealing with what Sean Payton says is a little bit of a, a groin tweak. And if you've ever tweaked your groin, folks, you know exactly kind of how painful that can be. Sean Payton said their approach really is just to be smart with it because groin soft tissue, you know, for a defensive back, you need your hips to be able to be mobile. You need to be able to use your legs. And if you have a groin that's pulling, you can't do those things. So they're just taking the smart approach here with Justin Simmons. But Sean Payton even said as well, it allows other guys to get more playing time because you look at Simmons spot, it's locked. I mean, he's the safest player, I think, in the NFL right now. If you have to look team by team outside of, major quarterbacks, positions, not quarterbacks that are locked in long-term. Justin Simmons is a very, very big part of that. And Peyton made sure he touched on that during Monday's practice after the post-practice press conference there. But, you know, your initial thoughts on that, and then we'll get to some camp standouts from Monday's practice. Yeah, I'm really trying to think uh, when Justin Simmons kind of came down with this injury initially and when the offense started stacking days there at practice, Cody. I don't know if they correlate 100%. Don't mean to pour any cold water on the offense and what they're doing, but I'm just saying, I mean, Justin Simmons, he's he's a terrorizer out there. We know that about him, and he is excellent at what he does. So look forward to having him back in the full, but obviously this could mean that he doesn't play in the preseason game, right? I think Sean Payton even said he could be the exception 
when we're talking about starters playing. So, and that, like you said, it opens up opportunities for other guys, and that's great. We we know Kareem Jackson, kind of, you know, figuring out what his role is going to be. PJ Locke also getting a bump up the depth chart if Justin's not playing. So we'll get to see more of him. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of PJ Locke and Caden Stearns out there, Cody. See how those mm-hmm. two guys kind of gel together. So we'll see what it happens. But ultimately, we we obviously aren't afraid that this injury is going to be anything that really lingers, but just hoping that Justin gets well as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, and that's the goal. And and he's super involved. I mean, as, as Sean Payton touched on, his football IQ is tremendous. There was somebody on the YouTube comments the other day, and it just baffled me that I, I don't know what it is, but said Justin Simmons is the worst safety in football. Like, how? How? Like, how do you get that conclusion? And they even had said that, Simmons is has to play because he's being paid more, but that Kareem Jackson is better. I, I I don't understand the discourse on that. Justin Simmons, you can make the argument, is probably the most valuable player to the Broncos across the board. He and PS2, probably the two top two guys here on this team that hold the most value overall. So some discourse that just kind of frustrates me. Sometimes you see that and you want to scream into the void a little bit, but let's talk about some guys who have stood out so far in Monday's practice. You know, I mean, I'm a defensive back guy. I think cornerbacks Jaquan McMillan continues to have a very, very impressive training camp. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, I think, here in the preseason to really go out and solidify a spot behind Patrick Sertan and Damari Mathis. is really like if any of those guys were to suffer any kind of injury or miss any time, Jaquan would be the guy who steps in to start. Not only can he play on the outside, but he can also play on the inside, and I think that has to be talked about. And then we're going to add Delonte Hood into the mix as well. He was on the practice squad late last year for the team. He had a couple of impressive plays during the team period, third down, and even in the red zone where he came up with some pass breakups. He and Jaquan McMillan, in my opinion, from the defensive back standpoint, get those flowers here on today's episode of the show. I'm looking forward to seeing Delonte Hood play some in the preseason, Cody. I know he's one of the faster guys on the team, if memory serves me right when I was just yes. researching. So uh, I'm Straight excited to see speed. him play. Big time straight line speed, big time explosiveness. So get to know one through 90 on this roster, everybody, because we're going to get to see them finally on Friday, get to see all these back end guys competing. And right now, I mean, there's 90 guys on the roster. Only 53 will make the final roster. But of course, we know 16 players get added to the practice squad. So you could actually see a pretty vast majority of these guys play for the Broncos at some point this season. So that's why you pay attention to one through 90 every single week of the preseason as well. But kind of sounds like the the defensive line, Cody, as Zach Allen got the chance to meet the media again after practice here on Monday, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Because he doesn't get... He, I, I didn't see many national headlines really talking about the signing of Zach Allen. A lot of fanfare and publicity for Draymond Jones signing in Seattle, rightfully so. He's a very good player. Got one of the biggest free agent deals in that franchise's history. Zach Allen to Denver, though, wasn't really discussed a ton as like a game-changing move, but he seems like he's really carving out his role in this defense here and and really showing that he's going to be a disruptor all season long. Sean Payton praised him, you know, said he's like, I don't want to compare the guy, but you know, he's just got he's got a high high effort, high motor, relentless just discipline where he's constantly in your face. And he kind of equated it to, you know, Trey Hendrickson when he played for the New Orleans Saints. I was like, in my head, I was like, that's actually a pretty good combination. Trey Hendrickson's a version to a really good player in the NFL, obviously now for the Cincinnati Bengals here. But uh, in terms of maybe Zach Allen, what we've seen from him being a disruptor so far throughout training camp, 
the last time we talked to him, you know, we talked about the interior offensive line with him. We asked him his thoughts on that. He said, you know, I'll have to see when the pads come on. Well, the pads have been on. And so I asked him a question. What has his evaluation been of having to go against guys like Quinn Miners, Ben Powers, and Lloyd Cushenberry in the trio that those guys have? Here's what he had to say. It's been great. Yeah, a lot of great work. Um, you know, the impressive thing with all three of them is, you know, I mean, obviously, I think you can see, you know, their their size on the sheet. I mean, they're they're huge, but it's how well they move with that size. So they really, you know, they're all around just, you know, really good. And um, yeah, I'm very, you know, lucky to be going against them in practice and not in an actual game. Gets me very excited, Cody, to think that the interior offensive line specifically could be much better this year. That was a huge weakness for the Broncos last season those guys are big you see pictures of them and I'm like man like Ben Powers Quinn Miners these guys are are huge Lloyd Cushenberry as well saw the photo of him at the podium the other day when he got to meet the media as well and they these guys all just they look big they look strong they look regular season ready it's a different offensive system. Keep in mind, last year, uh, these guys that were on the team last year were asked to lose a bit of weight to play in a, in a more a scheme that was more suited to them moving around. But these guys still, they can still move around quite a bit, as Zach Allen alluded to. So that the interior offensive line being upgraded could be one of the best things to happen to the Broncos offense in 2023. That's what we're all hoping for. I know Broncos fans are hoping for that as well. Look, we're going to get our first look at these guys on Friday when the Denver Broncos take on the Arizona Cardinals in their preseason opener. We know how much the starters are going to play. We'll find out a little bit more as practice continues on Tuesday and Wednesday at the Centura Health Training Center in Dove Valley. We'll find more updates and more news for you. We'll break it all down here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Catch us tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.